0: Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on again, off again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina.
1: Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, Chula.
0: Hi there. Okay, Jelena, we're here to talk about something super important today, which is what the heck is a diet? What does it really mean to be on a diet? And the reason we're talking about this, because you and I know all too well, is our clients often come to us saying, look, I don't understand why I'm binging. I don't understand why I'm having all these guilty thoughts around food. I'm not someone who diets. And then we look under the hood and we get to talking and they are 100% dieting. And so we just want everyone who's listening today to realize what it really means to be on a diet, why they work for a little while and then they stop working and what you can do instead of getting on that on again, off again diet cycle. So that's why we're here today. What do you think about this?
1: I mean, I 100% agree. I call it dieting on the DL Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're down, down on the DL, you know. Sneaky. Uh, Sneaky dieting. People aren't realizing it because, you know, it's a lifestyle change. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, You're not being extremely strict. You're just eating more fruits and vegetables while not eating other things. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it's important to talk about what it is, right? So that people understand that that is, you know, when you're restricting in some ways that you might not be aware of, that's what causes the onset of all the other things that you feel like you're struggling with, right? And diet culture or diets make it seem
0: like, well, it's not our fault. We told you what to do, or like it's a positive thing, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not our fault. I love it. Like, hands up, um, not my fault here. And I, I totally agree that that's what we're seeing so much, and it and it makes me feel really sad because I think it almost undermines the pain or the difficulty our clients are facing Mm -hmm. because they think, well, I don't have an eating disorder. It's not like I eat one piece of celery all day and that's what I'm doing to myself. Further, sometimes their body image stuff gets stuck in there where they say, Mm -hmm. well, look at me. It's not like I'm a rail. How could I possibly be restricting? So if that at all sounds like you, uh, this episode is going to help you to understand the ways you may be restricting and how to get out of some of that.
1: Yes, for sure. I think we're going to hit some points that are going to be maybe
0: very eye-opening mm-hmm.
1: for a lot of you, um, or it might just hit home, and yep. you're going to be like, holy crap, I did home! know that I hit home.
0: So I'm going to read the di- diet definition I wrote out, because I think it's, it's worth being very clear and articulate about what, <laughs> what it actually is to mean a diet. Uh, so a diet is any time we eat less or move more for the purpose of changing our weight and size. I'll say it again: any time you eat less or move more for the purpose of changing your weight and size. And so, if you're coming at a food or a movement decision with the fingers-crossed hope that I don't gain weight or I lose weight, you are in fact engaging in diet behavior. This might mean making up for overeating, like if you had a. Uh, you know, you went to town one night on something and then you fell asleep and you felt guilty about that. And the next morning you said, you know what, maybe I'll just eat half a sandwich instead of a whole one. Mm. That would classify as dieting. Um, Not eating what you want Mm, because you're afraid of what it would do. Um, I told Delina before we got on the call Had a client tell me, say, I realized I was dieting when I was having a fight with the bread basket at the restaurant. (laughs) Like she couldn't talk to her friends She said, I was only going to have one. And when she wanted the second, she told me I was fighting with an inanimate object and I couldn't (laughs) believe it. So what are some other things you see? Like when you you said the word sneaky dieting or diet on the DL, like what does that look like for you? Um,
1: So I, the most common phrase that I hear is I'm not dieting. I'm just eating healthy. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you get down to the bottom of things, it's exactly what you said. The purpose behind what they're doing is changing their body size. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're, in their minds, they're not dieting because they're creating quote unquote healthy changes or healthy lifestyles, but they're restricting other things in the process while increasing others. Mm -hmm. So when there's no balance, when you're going too far left or too far right on that pendulum, that's where we're thinking, you know, that's sneaky dieting. Um, It might not happen all the time. It might not happen every day. But when those thoughts are coming in and you're making those choices, like you said, based on how you want your appearance or that number on the scale to be, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's, it's really not letting you be in tune or self-aware with your body.
0: Yeah, that's it, right? It disconnects you from what is going on in the moment. Sometimes clients are saying, look, I felt hungry, but I didn't eat because I wanted to be in good standing with my definition of health or mm-hmm. I didn't eat until I was full, that's something I hear a lot. Like, oh, I know I do it a good job if I walk away from a meal a little hungry. Yikes, Ola! Like, that is going to come back and backfire. You're going to yes. feel an extreme urge to eat sometime soon. And this is where I think some of the, the pains or the struggles come from. You're disconnected from how you feel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so hard because it's something that it's. It's an idea that's just not very common to to think about, right? I mean, I feel like everywhere you go, you go to a house party, you go to (laughs) dinner, you watch TV, everywhere. There's just diet talk everywhere. Everyone's on a diet. Everyone's doing one thing, going gluten-free, not doing gluten-free, doing keto, not doing keto, weight watchers. Um, you know, not having dessert because they're watching their sugars. Like, there is just we're so swimming. Bad. We're swimming in it.
0: Yeah, oh. yeah, that's so true, right? And there's a little bit of compassion in that. That if you're aware of some of these pain points and you're trying not to get stuck in the cycle of you know cutting back and then overeating and then cutting back and then overeating, it is really hard because we're surrounded by it everywhere, like Delina's saying. So. Delina, what would you tell someone who maybe tells you, look, I'm listening to my body. I'm eating when I'm hungry. I'm just making nutritious voices, choices. What's so bad about weight loss anyway? Like, why are you so anti-weight loss, Delina?
1: So I think the main reason why we're in this space and we're talking about like why weight loss is not, you know, 100% the answer It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, what is it? 95, 98% of people that lose weight gain it back within six months to a year. Mm -hmm. So, what we do know, and this is like, you know, something that's really hard for people to understand when they're like, but I've lost weight before, Mm -hmm. is that yes, you can lose weight maybe the first time you're on a diet, maybe the second time you're on a diet, but then your body gets smart. Mm -hmm. um and your body's like "Mm -mm, nope I don't like this and I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that this doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. so with every diet the thing that you're trying to do which is lose weight actually doesn't happen you actually gain weight (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because every time you restrict your body thinks you're starving um and it goes into that primal you know that primal feeling, or not primal
0: instinct, not feeling. Yeah. Cool. Well, it primal. is primal. Like it's trying yeah. to keep you alive. Yeah, you know that keeping you alive. It perceives and starvation is happening, and you know, I, you know, there's different words we can use to describe what causes weight loss. But the mechanics mm-hmm. of it are this: you must eat fewer calories than you're burning in yeah. order for your body to lose weight. That's what has to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And you know, if you're working with a weight loss provider, they're gonna. That's what they're gonna tell you. That's, yeah. Um. What What we're not talking about is that there, that is not a harmless uh, endeavor, right? So when you eat fewer calories than your body needs, you will experience symptoms of dieting, um, which Mm -hmm. we've started to talk about here. And even if you can come up with little tips and tricks for yourself, and Mm -hmm. that's honestly what a lot of the major commercial weight loss programs are doing, guys, they're giving you lots of tips and tricks to manage your symptoms and support communities so you can connect with each other to manage your symptoms. Um, It's still not sustainable. And that's the part I really want to dive in here. You know, why are we able to lose weight for a little while? And then that stops working. Um, Delina talked about that great statistic that many people regain all of their weight, if not more. Mm -hmm. The reason for this has to do with a hormone called leptin, which is adjusting Mm -mm -mm. in our body and makes weight loss unsustainable. This hormone can detect when changes are happening in your weight status and it can rev your metabolism and appetite centers up and down. It's so smart, our body. So this is more than willpower, right? When the body's adapting you can't win that game eventually. Yeah. It stops. No,
1: no, because your body has all these mechanisms in place again because of survival mode. Mm-hmm. Because through the centuries, when there was a famine, your <laughs> body had to smart up people. Yep. <laughs> it had to figure out a and way. Thank God you know, our ancestors were, oh my God, like they were tough and people. passed those genes to tough us. Tough people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You know, we, we had to, our bodies had to figure out a way. And so, you know, this is it. This is at a genetic, at a DNA cellular level, these changes are happening. You might not be aware of it, but they're happening. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many people struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And they, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just your body trying to be, you know, Smart, and resilient. Has to do and
0: resilient. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh my God, that's the word I always use. Resilient. Yep. You got to be. How else can you be but resilient? Thank goodness oh, yeah. for our bodies. Did I? I told you before that I used to work as a uh, interventionist for weight loss trials in my yeah. past yeah. career. So I want to actually share. I'll. You know the story. So if you want to go check your phone or whatever, <laughs> I'll just tell the audience here. No, everybody <laughs> should hear this. <laughs> I learned so much from this. So you know when we hear about research studies that say, look. Um, you know, the low fat diet allowed people to lose this much weight, a lot of these trials only get funding for about six months. And so they're able to like kind of capture some really positive statistics. When we start zooming out on these trials, we can see that, you know, at the year mark, at the two year mark, a known phenomenon happens. And the known phenomena is called the reverse check mark. And whatever uh, the reverse check mark. So imagine like that you it. can make a little check with your fingers and flip that bad boy around. What we are looking at is weight diving down. And then we get to the base of the check. It starts dip, 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 slowly, but surely going back up. When I worked as an interventionist, I was counseling people one-to-one on or and in groups, how to prevent that check mark. Mm-hmm. And our, our bosses would say, you know, we know that this is going to happen to people, but let's kind of just get their weights as low as we can so that when the reverse check mark happens, on average, our weight losses will look better. And I'll be honest, guys, like these are my colleagues. They're not malicious people. I, I think mm-hmm. they think that they're helping solve a problem. Um, and that's where I think Delina and myself and our colleagues in the anti-diet space just sort of see this a little differently that we believe that weight is not a pathology, it's not a disease. <laughs> we believe that it's just a, a, a function of, of your characteristics, much like hair color and height. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just to kind of let you know that this is a known thing, even in the weight loss communities, that weight loss is not sustainable. Our types of providers have a different perspective on what we should do with that information. Yeah. And we can talk more about that through this podcast. But just to give you a sense of, you know, what's the, what is the difference between a weight loss dietitian and someone like me and Delina who kind of see this known problem and under a different point of view.
1: Yeah. I think it it's again, it's important to understand that we're not against people that mm-hmm. want to lose weight. There's nothing
0: wrong with that. There's
1: nothing wrong with that because we have been told that we should if, you know, something happens. Um, along the way where you feel like you are getting to a size that you do not like, or you don't fit into that mold that society has kind of mm-hmm. spit out at us, right. you know, all the time. And so there's nothing wrong with thinking that way, because it's, it's in everybody's brain. Mm mm-hmm even the thinnest people still think about it because it's something that's just never thin enough. It's never. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there's, you know, we as anti diet, dietitians are not anti you. We're just here to try to teach you or show you another way, Mm -hmm. um, a way where you're no longer worried
0: about that number on the scale and you can live your life. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to the mental health concerns of all this too, that, Um, There are some statistics showing that the risk for eating disorders or disordered eating behavior do increase um, with your exposure to dieting over time. Mm -hmm. So the longer you do it, the more attempts you do it, the more likely you are to have some disordered eating behaviors. There's also evidence to show that self-esteem is actually diminished through the process of dieting, Mm -hmm. um, particularly for those, imagine the individuals in the reverse Mm checkmark. If you have success with weight loss and then you're unable to sustain that, Not because of you, baby, not because of your willpower or your resilience or your grit, Mm -hmm. which by the way, got you the job you have, the partner you have, the friends you have, the life you built. Those things are not what are going to help you maintain your weight when your body's fighting Mm it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the mental health concerns are some of the main harms I see with weight loss for a lot of people. Um, Do you at all see that, especially like in the Latina community you're working with? How does the mental health stuff show up for people?
1: So I think it's just, it's hard. It's hard. And I think, you know, we've talked about this um, a lot. It's hard when you're being told eat, 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) but don't gain weight. And so it causes this, you know, idea of like, oh my God, if I eat my cultural foods, if I eat that rice, if I eat those plantains, Mm -hmm. it's going to cause me to gain weight. And I'm no longer going to be desirable. Yeah. Because it also goes with, you know, having a certain look. So if it goes to your thighs and your butt, that's okay. Because it's good to have a big butt. But if it goes into your belly, then you did something wrong. Because if all of a sudden you have a little pouch, then you need to do something about it. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the mixed messages that cause so much harm. It onto our self-esteem and um just our overall just being able to enjoy life yeah you know the and, in, and the taken. quality of life gets the quality of life yeah because you can't enjoy things you can't go out to dinner without worrying about oh my god if i eat this bread is it gonna go right to my thighs right you know um and i think it's important to also talk about the fact that bodies are diverse and mm-hmm. i've talked about this multiple times in on my page, you have great posts about this it's, it's like, you know, I grew up, we all grew up eating all the same things in my family. I have, Melissa asked me to name all my cousins the other day and I couldn't.
0: (laughs) So there's like 35. There's
1: 35 (laughs) of us. Um, And I was like, oh, and then, you know, I also had like a beer and I was like, yeah, no, I can't. My brain's not functioning right now. Um, But we all grew up eating the same things. We all grew up going to my abuela's house or apartment in New York mm-hmm. um, and she would feed us all the same things. Our, you know, my mom and her sisters all cook the same food. Yep. There's no variation. There's no reason why if we're all- Some are taller, things. some are
0: shorter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: We all come in different, you know, skin colors. We all have different hair types. We all have different body structures. We all look completely different. Mm-hmm. And yet we all ate the same way. Yeah.
0: And we all and like, had Carrie, the same activity. That's such a good point too. Even between siblings, you know, Yeah. I, my mom, I was having this conversation with her. She's like, I don't understand why like I was fat and my sister was thin. Like that was a really mm-hmm. hard thing for her growing up to to feel like, why did this happen to me? Because she did face a lot of challenges mm-hmm. being in a bigger body. And just because they're both carrying the same genes doesn't mean that they're both having the right pairing of those genes that they're going to express. And the you know, so I think that's really important for us to remember that just because you want to be a certain size doesn't mean that's possible within the spectrum of your unique genetics. Yeah. There's that, have you seen that video, the poodle science video that the um, <laughs> Association for Size, Diversity, and Health put this out? Um, and basically it just talks about how like, nutrition research is designed in a way that we're studying against the thin ideal. And if you make an Mm -hmm. analogy that like, what if the thin person was a poodle, right? And we -hmm. said, okay, poodle body types are exactly what we're all supposed to look like. Well, the Mastiffs of the world, if they just, what would they do? Starve themselves. They're never going to look like a poodle. (laughs)
1: They're never, they're never going to be there.
0: A thin Mastiff is not actually healthy. No, no. So a lot of our research and a lot of the way we think about health is comparing two different breeds of, of humans and what, what can be explored when you work on this and really get to know intuitive eating and health at every size frameworks is to say, okay, what is health for me? What does well-being mean for me? Including mental health, right? And yes. the quality of life. Um, so huge, huge, big, heavy topics. And if you're scratching your head going, what does this mean? Let me tell you, it took me a lot of, a lot of hits, a lot of repetition (laughs) to really wrap my head around this material. So stick around here, stick around our pages, um, come chat with us. We're happy to answer anything that doesn't feel like it makes sense as we go through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're always talking about this. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about, you know, weight loss programs right now in the market that aren't dieting and they often advertise saying we are based in psychology. You know, we use cognitive behavioral techniques with psychologists and I won't (laughs) name the programs, but um, if anyone has been around a media outlet recently, they will know some of the variety of programs out there. Um, And these programs are using a model that is called flexible restraint and they'll teach you to do things like, you know, think about um, basically Points or calories on average, and you know you can have flex points and free mm-hmm. foods, and it's kind of you know you, all foods fit, but make sure it's not too much. And there's yeah. sort of like permission, and then they pull it back, and it's <laughs> it's a little bit confusing for people because I think it, a lot of the messages we're saying are getting rewrapped around weight loss. Um, but the the reality is this: on those programs, the first little bit of weight that you lose is probably comfortable for you, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's within your set point. Everything feels fine. And I can't tell you what that range is, but those of you who dieted on and off, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The first little bit of weight maybe isn't so bad. At a certain point, your body does not want to lose weight anymore because of what Delina mentioned a moment ago, either it remembered your dieted before and it says, not again, uh huh. But today it goes down the metabolism. <laughs> so that's one reason why that happens. And then the other reason that it happens is that you are just outside what you are meant to be as an individual based on your set point range. So when that happens, guess what? You've got to do something probably disordered. Mm-hmm. You'll have to ignore your hunger you will have to start tracking and measuring and weighing foods in a way that if you look at the eating disorder criteria might actually apply. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to exercise to compensate for how you ate. You're going to have to under eat the next day to compensate for how you ate. And guys, if I wasn't calling this a diet, you might be concerned about someone for eating disorders. Mm -hmm. So just to understand that weight loss plateaus at some point, if you're really needing to break through past where you're meant to be, you got to do some funny business.
1: Yep. Some sneaky funny business.
0: Yes. And this is where we might close our episode today is to let you know that if you don't feel like you're dieting and you are struggling with binges, you're struggling with chronic guilt and anxiety. If you feel nervous about what you ate and what you should eat next and what you shouldn't eat tomorrow, you might be, pushing past that point of the plateau. And you might be at a point where it's time to reconsider the approach here because it statistically does not work out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to see that it's important to see you as a whole person. Mm -hmm. It's important to see your life, your health, everything as a whole right yeah. and I think before we close off I think we forgot to really talk about the social determinants of health mm-hmm. and how that really affects us you know where you live mm-hmm. your access to health care mm-hmm. your access to food you know a lot of these you know flexible restraint programs have you you know. Trying all kinds of you know fancy foods that might not be at a regular supermarket,
0: and like right now with coronavirus, like people are having to buy different types of foods or more, and they're they're freaking out because they don't know actually how to flexibly restrain air quote diet Mm -hmm. around those foods anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think whether you're choosing to be um, whether your access is restricted from coronavirus or it is because of where you live or your access to Mm -hmm. money, yeah, these programs don't even make sense. Even, for mine. Yeah. They don't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: So I think it's important to understand health is a lot of different factors, yep. not just nutrition and mm-hmm. physical activity. Um, and, you know, we can definitely talk about that later, but it's for sure, you know, it's, it's important to understand that you
0: have to look at yourself as a whole, mm-hmm. not just as a number on the scale. Yeah. So what do we work on instead? I kind of want to leave on an inspiring note here. Now that we've (laughs) kind of hammered home, you know, some of the different reasons why diets work for a little while and then stop Mm -hmm. working, here's what's possible instead. So when you wrap your head around this to say, okay, I've been dieting since I was 15, 16 years old. Mm. I've been up again, down again. I've invested how much money, how much time in this process. Once you've gotten clear that you don't want to do that anymore, here's where you go next. You start to imagine what your life is going to look like Mm -hmm. when you are not constantly thinking about food all of the time. A client of mine discovered she was a singer. I know you told me that. I I probably have told that even on this podcast. Like I just, that she, I'm just, I'm so proud of her, first of all, in her journey. And, and also just that she uncovered that part of herself when the food anxiety and the guilt and the shame started clearing up. I've had people tell me they felt more present with their kids during Mm -hmm. mealtimes. I've had people tell me that they could actually, you know, go on a date night with their partner without snipping at them for asking, can we get an appetizer? Um, There is a lot to be had when you learn how to love who you are and be who you are. What are some inspiring stories from your clients as they've let go of some of the dieting and started to find themselves?
1: My my favorite story is one of my clients, you know, she she she's such an athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like I can't begin I would never be able to do half of the stuff that she does. And I remember her telling me that she used to be so ashamed to go to Pilates, even though she was so great at it. Yeah. Um, because she was afraid of what people would think when she walked into the room and um one day you know once we were had been working together for a while i forgot what happened with the pilates class but something happened where the instructor was like look at her look at her form look at how great she's doing oh yeah and she was just like oh my god like for once she felt like it didn't matter what her size was she was able to do something that lot of the people around her weren't able to do and I think that's when it all clicked for her like Mm -hmm. for her she is such a strong amazing person and she always went back to that number on the scale yeah but at that particular moment she realized holy shit I can do so much more and I'm so strong and I'm such
0: a great athlete and imagine um, she held her, like yeah. if she didn't go to Pilates, yeah. she never would have known about that strength. Yeah. And that's, a, that's really? a metaphor. You know, a lot of times movement can kind of give us these little yeah. micro experiences with ourselves and show us what we're made of and show us our, our fortitude and our strength. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I always remember that because- That's a good one. It was such, a, I mean, we both cried a little bit, but- yeah. It's emotional. <laughs> it's so it is emotional. And the relief- is something that I a lot of people say I didn't know how good it would feel until I got here. And that's what makes some of the the leap of faith in this journey difficult is like you don't know how good you're gonna feel until you feel that feeling. But we are very committed to helping you find it. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. So that's our episode for today. It is and I want to make a plug that if you are liking these episodes and you want to leave a review, go ahead and give five stars. Tell us your feedback, what you think we want to help other women like you find us um, start healing their relationship with food with some of these nitty gritty bits of information that we we're giving.
1: Yes. So make sure to follow us, me at your Latina nutritionist and Melissa and no
0: more guilt. And we will see you on Insta, just like we found each other, Delina. Thanks for being here with us and for being who you are. Peace, love and break the diet cycle.
1: All right. Bye Delina. Hi.